0: We are live in the studio with an incredible guest today. Dan on top. I'm Dan Lukowitz, obviously. Got a good friend, an awesome, awesome all-star, Stephanie Saunders. Stephanie, how are you?
1: Hey, guys. How are you?
0: Hey, really, really appreciate you joining us today. I think that we're going to, I know that we're going to have a lot of fun. You're a real dynamic individual who provides some excellent value um, all over social media, and it's been just an absolute pleasure getting to know you. So let's just jump right in. Tell everybody watching this, who is Stephanie Saunders?
1: Well, first of all, thank you for having me. I'm looking forward to this. Dan, you have done some awesome things on social media yourself, so it's very fun following your adventure. Um, I happen to have an interesting background in real estate, but um, primarily right now I'm focused on property damage claims because of my prior experience in the distressed asset world, um, I just kind of fell into all of my clients needing help with this. And it really made sense. And I I appreciate being able to add this value.
0: Awesome. Yeah. And appreciate having you on. So let's talk about that a little bit first. Tell us a little bit about your experience in the distressed uh, asset market, because, you know, you and I have a similar background there, and I'd love to hear things from your perspective.
1: Sure. So as you know, um, I worked for ServiceLink which is, you know, really, it's a mortgage servicing company that is kind of all around encompassing of supporting the distressed world from the creditor side. So I think it's a little bit complicated when you don't know that world, but um, ServiceLink is also a sister company to a company called Black Knight. And Black Knight is like a data platform that creates all of the back end Uh, Software for mortgage mortgage servicing companies. So knowing that you're a company that provides a service for, let's say, auction platforms and title and escrow, um, we're also supporting the back end of servicing those loans that lenders provide.
0: Oh, awesome. Cool. Well, yeah, I mean, I I think that that's initially one of the things that we connected on um, because I, Mm -hmm. in in, in a past life, you know, I tell people I'm a recovering house flipper, (laughs) which means that... (laughs) You know, I do my as best. are many. Yeah, they are. And I, I you know, I'm sure you understand why. It's, it's, it's a lot of fun. It can be lucrative and it's definitely exciting. I bought from ServiceLink before. I bought from, you know, the Hudson and Marshalls. And it's just been, um, it's an interesting experience to, to work with on, on the back end with banks. Um, and, and I know that, uh, that you have that, that unique perspective, having that uh, as your background as well. So, you know, moving right along, you're not doing that anymore. So, so tell us a no. little bit more about what you are doing today.
1: So I I kind of transitioned out of that because I really didn't want to be in that corporate role. Mm -hmm. Um, And most of my clients that, like you said, were buying from Hudson Marshall, were buying from those auction platforms, the the inventory dried up, right? So they broke into the commercial real estate space. They broke into buying shopping centers, retail, becoming developers, not doing the fixing and flipping per se, but becoming owner holders for that. Rental income and long-term leases. So when that kind of took off, I realized that most of those clients then were unaware of what to do when they had property damage. Sure. And at the time at ServiceLink, I was trying to find a resource for a large bank client who was kind of leaking money during the bank-owned phase. Um, yeah, you know, they were having issues with vandalism and. They didn't know how to how to access that portion of a property damage claim. So now uh, I really I help fight for the the largest possible settlement after property damage occurs. So any retail owners, multifamily, multifamily seems to be one of the biggest affected because a sure. tenant has an issue, and then they're the owner is responsible for a lot of that damage and they have to dip into their either pocket or their policy.
0: Hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm sure that, you know, it goes without saying that uh, the, the necessity for having property insurance cannot be, you know, understated. Uh, tell us a little bit about, you know, your experience. Uh, t- tell us first actually about your company, what you guys do, and then maybe give us a little bit of, of, of you know, some background into some of the more interesting uh, situations that you've been involved in.
1: Sure. So we're a national company. Um, I would say that the bulk of our business is really in New Jersey, New York, and like Colorado and Texas. Okay. So Colorado and Texas happen to have really, really frequent hailstorms. Um, so when we have a client that is having an issue like this, let's say they own a shopping center um, and one of their, their tenants, let's say it's Publix, they have a large issue with water intrusion from the roof, um, that property owner may not really know what to do. So they may go to their insurance company, insurance company says, listen, you have a really high deductible, it's 800,000, and we think this is only you know $500,000 worth of damage, which is still pretty significant, right? So when you hire a public adjuster like us at United Claims Specialists, we come in and evaluate and assess it to a full scope. And usually we find out that it wasn't actually valued at five hundred; it was more like $2 million. Wow. So we just kind of step in to clear the air and get you that money.
0: <laughs> so you're really an incredible resource for the property owner.
1: Absolutely. And what I think I like the most about doing what we do and knowing what I know in real estate and being a multifamily investor myself, I think it's most people don't know about this and they just pay out of pocket. So, having hurt the consumer in my prior world, um, I am now helping advocate for really property owner rights.
0: Awesome! Yeah, it sounds like that's a, a more fulfilling and enjoyable <laughs> side of the table to be on, which is great. Sure. So, I picked up. You mentioned you're a multifamily investor. I did not know that. I am. Tell us so a little bit about your journey into I multifamily. My first
1: multifamily through someone that I met in my service link uh, days oh, and cool. you know listen it was I was young blood I didn't know what I was doing and I didn't take out the proper policy uh, uh, property damage insurance so oh, no. I had a low, um, cap on water damage, Oh, no. and I ended up having a major issue with a tenant and having to come out of pocket like 150k. Whoa! <laughs> so it's also unique to my heart, my current role, right? I've been yeah,
0: there. <laughs> yeah. So you learned from experience just how important it was to have the proper coverage. Wow! Wow! Yes. Wow! Wow! Yeah. Wow! Well,
1: yeah, but know, I love multifamily.
0: Yeah, me too. It's it's a it's a, a cool space. I think there's a lot of moving. Uh, and shaking going around on right now in multifamily. We'll see what happens over these next few quarters. So you know, yeah. you've been in you know the the, the back end of the, the foreclosure and, and distressed property side. You've you are an investor. You 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 know you right now are working with a, a national company that, that deals with insurance and property damage. I'm sure you've learned a lot. Anything you want to share with our viewers in terms of, of le- other additional lessons and uh, you know interesting experiences?
1: I think that the main thing is always having good people in your network because you never know who you need. Like you need someone like you, Dan. You need someone like me in property damage. You always there's always somebody in a funny space that you're going to learn something from. And it, it, everyone has their own take on how to do this the right way.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. And it's funny because <laughs> I've heard that from a lot of guests, you know, the power of the network, the power of of who you know. I mean, I'm one person, right? You're one person. And as talented as you are, there are just, matter of fact, there are things that are outside of your you know, sphere of, I don't to maybe use the word competency or excellence, your sphere of excellence. Sure. And there are other people that if you leverage them together, you can you know, achieve so much more. So I think that you're spot on with that. Yeah. So you know, again, you've been doing this a long time. You've got a pretty illustrious background, very successful. You've done a lot of different things. Let's say you could press pause right now. And knowing everything you know, if you could go back in time to your younger self, what advice would you give yourself?
1: So there's a couple parts of that. I would say, you know, if I went way back, I would never have taken the LSAT and prepped for (laughs) law school for so long um, because I never did it. And I don't want that kind of a job. But if I go a little further ahead, I would say I wish I had known better. And been ready to buy more of that residential inventory when the foreclosure market was hot. (laughs) Because I didn't know what I was doing yet. I was a newbie. Uh, But man, that was an interesting time back in that bubble.
0: Yeah, it definitely was. As somebody who who was part of it as well, it was very interesting. So what would have prepared you more?
1: Sure. I think it would have been more stage of life, right? I I had no plans of being in real estate. I come from a family of realtors and brokers. Um, And I again, I was going to go to law school. I wasn't really interested. So I just kind of fell into this role because of the economy. And had I been hunting for those deals and maybe a little bit older and more ready, I would have bought. So now I think my best advice to anyone young that is in your audience that is just trying to break into real estate, yeah, yeah. you know, pay attention to what happens right now because if you have some bank contacts, you may be able to buy, you know, small commercial property notes and put yourself in a good position. Or, you know, pounce on some multifamily.
0: There you go. Okay. So keep your eyes and ears open, pounce on some multifamily, leverage your contacts, get in the game. Don't be sitting on the sidelines saying, oh, man, I wish I would have jumped in 10 years ago. Very good advice. What else? Tell us more. Give us some more advice.
1: I think that's it. I think notes is a really great space to explore. Um, I've been talking about that more on my LinkedIn page. I think that there are a lot of people that don't know about notes and how you position yourself as the bank when you get involved in that as an investment. Sure. Um, So I'm really, I love that world.
0: Yeah. So there are a lot of people that don't know about notes, and this is perfect because you do. So take it away.
1: Have you ever explored this area?
0: I mean, I've explored it in so far as research that I know a little bit about it. I myself have not ever done it.
1: Okay. So, you know, typically what my experience has been, as you mentioned, the, the Hudson and Marshall world. So like auction platforms, right, where you're buying... Straight from the bank and and usually what they like to do is do like a bulk trade. You know, you're as as a regular person buying from an auction platform, you're seeing like the second tier of properties, right? So they've already exposed a lot of these larger investment groups with blankets of properties to buy in one shot. So they kind of do the same thing with notes. So when the bank is ready to unload inventory because they don't want this bad debt on the books and they don't want to deal with the foreclosure process, they'll start selling the notes off to investors. So the first round of people is typically a larger organization who has the ability to service a lot of loans at one time. Mm-hmm. And then the other portion is people like me, They'll kind of let us know, hey, we're looking to cherry pick a couple of deals in this area and that area. So when you purchase a note, you assume the position of the bank. Right. So the bank gets rid of this bad debt and now you are the owner of this loan. So when that property owner, let's say it's a, a small mixed use commercial building in Michigan sure, and they're very close to defaulting um, they're going to be coming to you now because you are now the note holder, right? So you can either, as the as the person who's purchased this note, you can make an arrangement with them, give them new terms to their loan, or you can move forward with the foreclosure process, and now you're the owner at the cost of whatever you paid for the note, which is probably well under what the actual property is valued at.
0: Sure. So obviously, as you're mentioning, there is an inherent risk here, right? Because you're taking on, quote-unquote, bad debt. Typically, what kind of a discount can the buyer expect in in that type type of situation?
1: You know that there's no hard answer for that, so I would say that there's different circumstances for each type of loan that's out there, but the banks aren't stupid I mean they're not doing pennies on a dollar, but sometimes you'd be surprised you get really lucky one gets thrown in there that you know they just don't want in the books anymore. It's an old loan. You could get pretty lucky,
0: yeah. Yeah, that's fascinating. I know a lot of people are getting into the space and there's definitely opportunity. I think that's a theme of what we've been talking about, Stephanie, is is opportunity. And, you know, I want to challenge everyone that's watching this. It's easy to sit back on the sidelines and say, yeah, I'm happy. Yeah, I'm complacent. But at the end of the day, in 10 years, in 15 years, in 20 years, are you going to look back and are you going to say that you made the right decision or are you going to look back and have regret? And regret is one of the worst things you can have. So I want to challenge everyone to step up, to seize the opportunity And if you don't know something, you ask, right? If you want to learn about something, you find an expert. And that's the beauty of where we are today. I mean, we're in a world that's so interconnected through social media. Experts who will interact with you, who are real people, are literally one click of a button away. So that's a really cool thing that's going on today. Listen, Stephanie, again, thank you so much for being on on the show on Dan on Top. This has been an absolute pleasure. We've got about three minutes left. Want to turn the tables a little bit, put you on top. What questions do you have for Dan on Top? (laughs)
1: Dan, you know you you have mentioned that you're not um, stressed out at all about the future of the real estate market, which I think a lot of us on the inside are not. But it's also uncertain, right? What might happen? I know I follow like the GSE protocol, and they're all kind of delaying in the residential world and loan space with foreclosures, and it's causing investors to have to continue to eat costs. What's your Position and being confident with the real estate market right now?
0: Yeah, so look, the underlying fundamentals of our economy are strong. Obviously, we're in unprecedented territory, right? We're in the middle of a global pandemic that none of us have ever really experienced before. Um, There's a lot of things being shaken up, people are scared, and uh, fear is a driver of market inefficiency. So what happens in an inefficient market is that people are able to make a ton of money. Those people who stick to their guidelines, stick to their principles, keep their head down and stay focused can just absolutely clean up. So in terms of what I see in the commercial market, I see strength. I see a white-hot market. I see property flying off the shelves. I see fear, right? So I see people making you know, maybe rash, rash decisions, but I also see a world of opportunity.
1: That's great. Yeah. And I also see a lot of changes like in um, South Florida recently, um, a Macy's is, is, has begun its conversion into apartments. So I agree. I think um, there's a lot of opportunity and I think there's a lot of change coming. In oh, a good yeah. Way. No
0: question. No question about that. What changes opportunity? I mean, you mentioned an interesting topic, a department store turning into multifamily. We're going to see a lot of conversions. We're going to see a lot of change, a lot of shifting. But in general, I mean, look at commercial real estate. This is an asset that is so important to the U.S. economy. It's transacted, you know, in the billions of dollars. And it's it's still going on every single day. So don't be scared. Be smart. You know, don't be scared. Be connected. Be resourceful. And, you know, link up with good people, make sure that you make solid investment decisions and that you're informed. And if you need anything to do with property damage, this is the girl to reach out to. Stephanie's been an incredible friend. She's been an incredible resource and wealth of information. And I encourage everyone to reach out to her. She's super friendly, super intelligent, super resourceful. And I can't thank you enough for, you know, our relationship and the interactions we've had and for coming on today. So thank you, Stephanie. Really appreciate your time. And I look forward to being in touch with you.
1: Thank you, Dan.
0: Yep, we'll see you soon. Everybody, thanks for watching. This has been another excellent episode of Dan on Top. We will see you soon.